0: And welcome to MASH Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, MASH. I'm Vanessa.
1: And I'm Ethan.
0: Ethan, okay, so I don't have an opening topic to talk about this week, so I think that we should get right into this episode because I don't know about you, but I love this episode so much. Definitely, like, one of my favorites of all time.
1: Oh, real? of all time? That's. Uh, I think so. That is high praise. I enjoyed this episode, but I was not, like... Blown away by it. We'll get into it. I'm not saying this one's bad or anything, (laughs) but I am excited to hear your explanation for why this is an all-timer for you.
0: (laughs) It's a really, like, I don't know. I can't exactly explain it, but, I mean, we'll we'll get into it for sure. (laughs) Okay. So in this episode, there's nothing like a nurse. When the nurses are evacuated from the 4077 after getting word of an impending air raid, the men find interesting ways to cope with being lonely. Okay, Ethan, so we know that I love this episode. What did you think about this episode? I like
1: this one. This one was like fun and kind of cute. It reminded me a lot of, I think it was the first season episode where, I forget the circumstance, but all the nurses kind of go on like a strike from the men. Oh
0: my God. That's so fun. Sorry, I just completely cut you off, but I actually was thinking that too. That was Edwina.
1: Okay, the MASH subreddit, I think, recently voted that as the worst episode of season one, by the <laughs> wow. way. Wow. Yeah, so it, we're not alone in disliking that episode. But anyway, I like this one. It was like the good version of Edwina, I guess, where you get to see all the guys kind of flip out over not having the nurses around. And it, it was all like in good fun this time. It didn't feel reductive. I like how they all missed them. It was it was cute. and just everything about like the pacing wise i liked the relationships that they had before they left when they left and then the actual air raid itself kind of blew my <laughs> mind i was like whoa um which we'll get into but i i can see why you like this one so much but please explain yourself why this is a a <laughs> high regard episode <laughs>
0: So, first of all, I definitely agree with you, too, that um, this felt very much like Edwina, this storyline, but it felt better because the nurses were also clearly, like, missing the guys, too, you know? Mm -hmm. It wasn't that weird, like you said, reductive kind of thing. Um, So I thought that that just, like, played a little bit better, and like you said, it was more, it was also an emotional thing, I felt, too, of just, like, yeah, we miss, like you know, having sex with the nurses, but we also miss the nurses in general. I also like, this is later on in the episode, but there's just one OR scene without the nurses. And I always really like those scenes where the nurses, their presence is very missed. Like their absence is very much felt, especially in the OR, because the doctors are just like, Radar and Father Mulcahy and Klinger can't be nurses. So like, Mm -hmm. it's always very funny to see that and be like, wow, the nurses, you know, are necessary. <laughs> um, they matter but, a lot. Yeah, exactly. So I always like that, like, little reminder. But also, I love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just, like, one of the final scenes in the episode where they watch Frank's wedding video. That is just...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. To me,
0: that is, like, one of the greatest scenes of M.A.S.H. to me. That I I can't get any better. Like, the early seasons of M.A.S.H., just the best. Just absolutely amazing. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. We'll we'll get into all that. I I have a whole thing I want to talk about with the Frank wedding video cuz I thought it was <laughs> so interesting. Um but let us start out.
0: <laughs> I just think about it and I start cracking up. It's just so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, we'll get into it. I don't want to like yeah. jump that far ahead. Um, But let's start out by talking about how in the beginning, Margaret and this nurse kind of go like full head to head. And I really like that because we have not really seen that in the show up to this point. It was nice to see a nurse have this much kind of personality when in other episodes, it's Margaret being the head nurse and then all the other nurses unless it's a spotlight episode for that specific nurse, are kind of nameless and personalityless. I like how this is just a nurse and it's not the point of the episode. And she kind of has a full-on fight with Margaret to the point where she goes to Henry and is like, I'm going to go over your head to discipline this one nurse. I thought that was really interesting to see.
0: I also thought it was interesting. I kind of hated this though, because of course I did. Um, like I said, I think this kind of ties back Back to this aspect of the episode later on where the nurses get evacuated, that they are needed there. They are very much needed in the OR especially, but I hate when the doctors treat the nurses badly in the mm-hmm. OR. Usually it's Frank, right? But you have seen it sometimes with like Hawkeye, Trapper, you know, Henry just being like, hey, like, hurry up, like, get me this thing, get me this thing. It's just like, oh, well, they're working, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're doing it. Um, And I also really don't like when Margaret... Just, like, doesn't have their back. Like, I get why she's like, hey, you need to, like, listen to the surgeon. You need to be on your shit. You know, that kind of stuff. Because the surgeons really are kind of the ones at the helm. They're running the whole thing. But I don't know. I I don't like when Margaret is just like, yeah, my nurses, they're bad. They're terrible. I need to discipline them all the time. And it's just like, well, no, that's just, I don't, I don't know. That never sits right with me.
1: Yeah, I can see that. But I like the kind of realness of having this conflict. Because let's just be real, working under Margaret probably is not an easy job. Yeah. So no. <laughs> having there be some actual headbutting, I thought was interesting to see. Although I do understand where you're coming from by Margaret just being kind of annoying about it and, like, you know, the general conflict not being something you want to see. But I I like the dynamics of it, and I like how it kind of sets up the nurses as their own people for the remainder of the episode.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, though, about having this conflict. It was kind of, it was pretty interesting to see because, you know, I think that this is almost like a little preview of where the nurses and Margaret's relationship with the nurses kind of go. We don't see it a lot throughout the series, but there are some episodes that kind of like spotlight that. And, um, yeah, I think that it's kind <laughs> of course, this is going to come later, like most things that I like about Margaret's character, but there's an episode later on that kind of like has this at the forefront of the episode. So I think you'll really enjoy that episode. But yeah, I did like that this nurse was like, hey, bitch, I'm trying my best here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what she said. That is word for word. Margaret <laughs> word for dialogue. word. What she
0: said. <laughs> <laughs> If I can just complain about one more thing, and then I promise I really like the rest of this episode. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, thank you. This scene with Margaret and Henry in Henry's tent. Like, Margaret was being unreasonable. Like, no doubt about it. She was being very unreasonable. She wanted to literally put the nurse on, like, bed arrest for a Mm -hmm. month. And Henry was like, I'm not doing that. Like, get out of here. I'm not doing it. Completely fair, valid. But I hated the part of the scene where they close up on Margaret's mouth. Like, she's this, like, annoying nag. That just, that has always bothered me for, like, many years because I'm like, really? No, she's, like, coming to the commanding officer as the head nurse, trying to talk to him about something. She's being unreasonable for sure, but, like, I don't know. I just don't, you know me, I just don't like the idea that women are just these, like, naggy bitches That is just like oh this headache that i have to deal with literally
1: <laughs> i feel you um in very mild defense of henry's reaction i guess he is very hungover it's not really the <laughs> nagging it's more the speaking in gen- which is kind of worse actually now that i say it out loud <laughs> but also i no, really I thought you, though. about thank you All I really thought about during that mouth close-up, I was like, wow, that must have been hard to film. That was all I thought about (laughs) because I've made some short films in the past and one time I had to do like a big mouth close-up like that and it looked like garbage. So anytime (laughs) I see that in anything and they do it well, I'm like, ah, you've succeeded where I failed. Good job.
0: Mm No, I feel you. Like, I understand. I also knew that that was coming, and I was like, I hate this part. But like I said, I promise I won't complain about anything else in the episode. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know.
1: (laughs) It was a weird stylistic choice. Like, that extreme close-up Was kind of outside of the usual language of the show. And Mm -hmm. later on in the episode, there's like flashbacks. I was like, ooh, this is kind of experimental.
0: Yeah. And there's like split screen too. So I thought that they like took some risks with the shots in this episode too, which, you know, I can appreciate. Okay, fine. Like I can appreciate the scene. (laughs) So right after this exchange with Henry and Margaret, I know I said I wasn't going to complain. Again, but we do get Guitar Guy back and we all know how I feel about Guitar Guy, (laughs) but (laughs) I liked this version of Guitar Guy a little bit better because Hawkeye and Trapper were singing along with him. So that was fun. And then we get, you know, the main plot of the episode of the nurses needing to be evacuated from this scene as well.
1: Yeah, I texted you in my astonishment that Guitar (laughs) Guy was back and I was surprised you liked Guitar Guy so much in this one. Uh, I wouldn't say so much. I
0: would not say I liked him so much. I liked him a little bit better than last episode.
1: I liked Guitar Guy in his introduction episode. I liked his little song about sushis and sashimis, but this episode could not stand the second song he sings about missing (laughs) the women. It was so that hippy-dippy, 1960s trash (laughs) that you were talking about last time I was like oh I understand now because it also sounded <laughs> like the singer was kind of doing his Bob Dylan impression I'm like mm-hmm. don't do a Bob Dylan impression Bob Dylan's famously not a good singer
0: <laughs> no shade to anyone who likes Bob Dylan hippy dippy music but I just <laughs> don't think Ethan and I are the target audience for that genre of music <laughs> perhaps perhaps but I like that he got some lines in this episode I like that we built out his character a little bit more I kind of wish that that he was like more of a presence in the rest of the series (laughs) after this, even though I famously kind of don't like his singing, but I don't know. It's fun. (laughs) But to like get into the real reason that we're here today (laughs) with the plot of this episode of just like they're evacuating the nurses because there's this supposed, I guess like air raid, there's going to be like a paratrooper coming in potentially and like Mm -hmm. you know from like the enemy paratrooper I I don't exactly know what that was because Radar was talking about it very like quickly and I can imagine that that was probably like as few women as there were in the military back then i can imagine that that was probably like the case sometimes on the mash units where they had to like hey you know the fighting's getting really close we gotta get these nurses out of here just in case anything happens to them
1: protect the women and children first you know what i
0: mean (laughs) yeah absolutely So after this kind of gets rolling, we see several scenes where the doctors and nurses and everybody are like saying goodbye to each other. And I really liked all of these scenes. I thought they were like really funny, really cute, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. So what did you think about that?
1: I like this part a lot. This might be my favorite part of the episode. I like how they establish these relationships and briefly explore them. Because I, I like the scene with Hawkeye and the nurse that he is making out with. I don't know if she has a name or if she's a pretty existing character but their little banter that they had with about him being married and not being married and the fact that she like bites his nose <laughs> I thought was really like funny and weird. And then uh actually I take it back. Maybe this isn't my favorite part of the episode because uh everything with Frank and Margaret was insane. That was just an <laughs> insane man but who should never have a girlfriend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> before we before we get to that though, I thought that it was really funny. I don't know if you noticed this or if this was like intentional with the writers at all, but I thought it was really funny how in that scene with Hawkeye and that one nurse who has a very like high pitched very adorable voice, she was saying how he was married and Hawkeye was like who gave you that idea and she said you did I thought it was really funny because I felt like this was kind of continuity from ceasefire when Hawkeye was telling all the nurses that he was married so he didn't have to make plans with them after the war I thought that that was very very funny
1: oh I didn't even think about that and you might be right because there's some continuity later in this episode Yeah. so maybe it is the same nurse and she's just kind of cool with uh, being (laughs) the the mistress in this relationship at the moment. <laughs>
0: i'm just thinking like in terms of timeline for the show too that like i i know that this happened in previous seasons that you know exchange between hawkeye and the nurses saying that he's married and stuff but the idea that that feels like for us that it happened so long ago and that probably in like the timeline of the show did not happen that long ago is mm-hmm. always very interesting to me
1: probably only happened like a few weeks ago because yeah. like didn't the korean war only last like 3 years yes
0: exactly exactly and this was literally like wasn't that the end of season 1
1: Oh, I don't know. You're right. It might be end of season 1. I might be wrong. It might be season 2, but it definitely I think was earlier. Right, and, uh, right? I keep saying this, but I'm excited to see the timeline of the show stretch a little bit more having to <laughs> be like everything's happened for 11 years, but it's only happened in a couple like I know Alan Alda goes pretty darn gray within yeah. the, within the next 3 years of his life, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's always there there's an episode later on too where they like are supposed to cycle through like an entire year. And I'm like, that doesn't fit with the timeline of this show That's- at all. <laughs> That's fun. I love stuff like that.
1: That's my favorite kind of thing when everything's supposed to be very contained, but because of reality of how <laughs> actors age in real life. You're like that guy is, like, 10 years older than he was in the beginning of the show. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly, exactly. It's very funny. But to move on from that with the with Hawkeye and Trapper and the nurses, we should talk about this, like, weird thing with Frank and Margaret where Frank gives Margaret six months worth of his, like, hair <laughs> from the haircuts. Mm-hmm. And it's so, oh, it's so strange to me. It's so weird.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. No, this was some serial killer stuff. Like I hated this. This was <laughs> disgusting. I I the- it made me. I mean, it was like a funny bit for Frank to have, but it like in real life, if someone did this to you, run away immediately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was also so weird. <laughs> It was so fucked up, dude. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm gonna compose myself on this one. Cause, But this is why I love this episode so much. Because it's like, it's so strange when you think about it. It's like, so weird. So Frank says, I usually send this to my mother. And you're like, wait a minute, what? And then he continues. And he says, she glues it into the shape of flowers and presses it under glass. This? What? <laughs> <laughs> that is the
1: most disturbing taxidermy of all time, and taxidermy is a sport where you stuff animals.
0: That's so weird. Why does your mom do that? I know like i'm I'm sitting here, like, keep me away from the burns household. That's creepy. <laughs> And,
1: like, last week, there was all these jokes about, like, Frank's receding hairline. And I'm like, don't, I don't like thinking about Frank's hair. Not talking about Larry Linville's hair or appearance. No, I don't I don't like thinking ta- about Frank's wanna, hair.
0: I don't want to think about anyone's hair just clumped up in an envelope. Uh-huh. That's weird. I don't and Margaret, like that. <laughs> and
1: Margaret, like, was weirded out by it. But she wasn't as weird out by it as you should be. She was <laughs> like, I don't deserve you, friend. Like, more or less, I think it's something along the lines of that she said was, I don't deserve someone like you. And I'm like, you deserve someone much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> this is some Norman Bates psycho nonsense. I I hated it.
0: It's so... So weird. Okay, I like I could go on. I could go on, but I think that we should move on because I don't want to take up the rest of our episode just talking about how truly coconuts that was. That was a that was an insane <laughs> scene. Okay, all right. I'm well. just saying.
1: I'm just saying. The more we learn about Frank's mother, the more that I I understand Frank being insane. Like right? if she's a hundred percent cool. With Frank sending her, her his hair and then making it into flowers, Frank had a weird upbringing, and like maybe we shouldn't rag on him so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I need like, I need Fraser Crane to really get in there for me and tell me why Frank Burns is the way he is.
1: <laughs> we need the ultimate sitcom crossover, Fraser and Nash, the, yes. the two, the big duo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, okay, so to go from Frank and his mom and his hair, <laughs> I did think it was um, really funny when they were sending the nurses off and they were saying goodbye. It was pretty sad to see them leave, and also it was hysterical when Klinger was trying to desert with the nurses.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I love this bit so much that he was just stowed away in like a a. Bag that falls off the truck yeah, and Fred tries to yell him for deserting. And he's like, No, honest, I just fell asleep there. Like, <laughs> that is such like kid energy. Like, no, mom,
0: I definitely didn't do it. Believe <laughs> and me. He, and he almost got away with it too when uh, Radar was like, Hey, hey, wait. And then Clear just pops out of the bag. That was very like a visual thing. Very, very funny.
1: Mm-hmm. And I love. Everything with Klinger from this point on that uh, all the soldiers and doctors, whatever, just are like, well, you're dressed like a woman, so we're going to give you all our, our affection right now.
0: <laughs> and Klinger was like, yeah, but as soon as the nurses come back around, you're going to toss me aside. It was very funny. Klinger really like played into it. It was very cute. It was adorable, I dare say. But yeah, that brings us to our next point that like after the nurses leave, the guys kind of just all have to cope with being pretty lonely. And I thought that that was, uh, this made me a little bit sad. Like I said, seeing the nurses leave, everybody seemed like pretty despondent about it too. They're like, oh man, like we don't want to go. And then guys were like, yeah, we don't want you to go. And it was cute. And they were all just like sitting around drinking like drinking heavily to kind of cope with the loss of the nurses. I thought it was very sweet.
1: Yes, that's a thing that I like above uh, Edwina in comparison that that episode was entirely about like the sex of it and like mm-hmm. the fact that they don't have the the outlet anymore. But this, it is more like I miss having just women around. Like I like the presence of a woman, which is just a lot like sweeter and nicer. And obviously, like sexuality is an aspect of that. But it, they're not saying like you know we need something to bang or whatever. They're just like I miss <laughs> having a woman near me. You know.
0: Yeah, they just like miss the companionship of the nurses. And like we keep saying, it was it was just like a just really sweet thing. And this is what this is where we get guitar guys uh, little like song and this kind of weird montage of the nurses like it was I thought it was strange but I also appreciated the like uniqueness of the scene like Mm -hmm. we don't see this a lot in MASH in fact like I can't remember a time when we see it again So I don't Mm -hmm. know, thought it was kind of cool.
1: I like this in concept, right? I like showing the nurses and it, it does illustrate that everyone is missing them and it like because it's so unusual for this show to do having like a song and a montage flashbacks, mm-hmm. which included a clip from the intro, which was very yeah. took me out of it, honestly. Like seeing anything from a TV show's intro in the TV show, I'm like, that is that should not be possible. That is not <laughs> canon. Um but I liked it because it was really different and illustrated the point that they are feeling like this desperation of like, oh, remember them? Here's our high school memory montage of all <laughs> our, our adventures together. <laughs> and it's literally just clips from earlier in the episode plus the intro.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you guys could not have figured out like a different clip to use, but eh, okay, I guess. <laughs>
1: And uh not to completely rag on guitar guy but like man oh man this song did nothing for me. I'm sorry to everybody who likes Bob Dylan and 60s music. Maybe once I get in my like 40s I'll like appreciate it. I'll become like a dad or whatever. But right now I'm just like nah, not not for me,
0: fam. <laughs> yeah uh, unfortunately i do agree but it's okay we can we can all like have our different tastes in music it's fine but going right from that scene to this one scene that like i said there was that quick or scene where everybody was kind of like fumbling around without the nurses and did you notice speaking of guitar guy too he was a surgeon Mm -hmm. he was literally operating on somebody and i was like what so he's what (laughs) he's just more than just play guitar Yeah, I was like, oh, so he has, like, a true purpose at the camp right now. That's crazy to me. When I saw him operating on people, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) It's
1: almost like he exists on military base meant for doctors.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just so strange to me to, like, see. Because if you think about, right, so this is kind of a tangent, I'm sorry. But if you think about it, objectively, they need more than just, like, the four doctors that are there. So, like, there's definitely more than just, like, four doctors there. But it's so weird to, like, see, like, when you see somebody who is an actual doctor operating on somebody, and they're not the main cast, you're like... it trigger something in my brain at least where I'm just like, "Oh right, like these guys are not the only ones who are operating on people throughout this whole show."
1: That would have been a great episode, honestly. Um you mentioned a few weeks ago the episode of House where it focuses on Cuddy. It mm-hmm. would have been great to see an episode of Match where it focuses on all the the ancillary doctors and nurses outside of our core uh, troop of, of dudes and dudettes that we we're following around.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. That would have been like a pretty cool episode. I think that we get some of like the guest stars and like, you know, the background characters a little bit more prominently in later seasons. But we don't really get like a true episode that's just like, hey, more doctors are here <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, if you think about it, kind of weird.
1: We'll have to find that in like fan fiction, I suppose. That's, that's <laughs> their solution for such an old show.
0: <laughs> if anyone knows one, point me to it.
1: <laughs> Just real quick, I do want to mention that, and this is so minor, but with Radar working in the OR as a nurse, he doesn't have his glasses on and he's got a surgical mask on. Dude was basically unrecognizable for me until they called him Radar. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> He sounded a bit different, too. You take the glasses off of a man, and he has a completely different face. It's true. I say that as a person with glasses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely true. And I was also wondering myself, how is Radar working without his glasses? Like, I mean, I certainly can't see without my glasses. I certainly should not have my hands in an open body without my glasses on. <laughs>
1: Maybe it was the adrenaline. Who knows?
0: <laughs> Potentially. Who knows?
1: <laughs> and uh, last, last thing. But without any of the nurses, I was just really reminded of how dangerous that kind of is, like, to mm-hmm. completely ship off all the women. Of course, I understand it as, like, the women and children first kind of practice. But they were nurse-free and yes, it's a camp of doctors and everybody's somewhat trained, but like, Radar isn't. Radar is just like a kid. He's not gone to medical school. I feel like there should be some sort of backup for the nurses if they're shipped off like this. I don't know the real life practices, but just watching this episode, I was like, that feels dangerous to me.
0: <laughs> well, if you think about it, like, you know, they're really just handing them tools and I, like, so I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. Like, like, we saw in the scene, it was basically just, like, Father Mulcahy, Klinger, Radar, just a bunch of other background characters not really knowing what tools were. And in that sense, I feel like you're right. Probably people in the MASH unit should, even if they're not, like, the hospital staff should probably know that, like, what tools are what. Just, like, for safety purposes and for parts like this but it's funny to me though that you keep saying like this women and children first type of thing and that's not like that's not how i took it and i don't think that's how it was supposed to be either of just Mm. like it was literally like yeah we have to ship the nurses off like in case we get raided and they like get raped like that's like
1: oh my god i didn't think about that That yeah like and oh my god
0: (laughs) i was wondering if because there's an episode coming up too that like Margaret talks about that like a little bit more in depth. Like, remember, remember, in an episode prior, she said something about like rape and like with Mm -hmm. the enemies and stuff like that. I think it was Rainbow Bridge, and I thought that it was going to be this episode that we're doing now. But yeah, no, it's it was funny to me that you were that you said that because I was just like, I don't think that he, I don't think that he knows what they were doing here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't. I uh, I just don't tend to go there. I understand Mm -hmm. why, like you would. Yeah. Um, But I don't assume the worst of it Mm -hmm. generally. Um, So I just kind of assumed it was like ship captain rules of like, if your camp's being attacked, you got to get the women out of there because we got to protect the women, not for assault, just like general courtesy, I suppose. But you are probably right that they wanted to make sure that the nurses are safe in every regard.
0: I don't think you're necessarily wrong either of just like, oh, yeah, like best practices, like, you know, the women and children first kind of kind of thing. I I was trying to actually look this up before we recorded this episode, and I really couldn't find like the practices like that. I don't know today what the military like rules on that necessarily are, because obviously women take on a lot different roles than the women in the MASH unit would have. but. Just, like, I think from prior knowledge of, like, the episodes coming up where it kind of, like, deals with that, that's, like, why my brain kind of jumped to that of just, like, that's what they're doing. Um, But, yeah, I would really like to know if anyone, if any of our listeners have any of that information, like, what those practices are or would have been, I always like to know, like, the military aspect of it, too, because, you know, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, it is really interesting. I'm very interested to watch the later episodes where it's, like, a full-on topic of discussion by Margaret, apparently. Um, And I was reminded that, like, everybody there is a volunteer, because later, or at some point in the episode... Klinger makes a joke of like, if he was a woman, he wouldn't be on a military base. He'd be at <laughs> home pregnant.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. <laughs> but speaking of this lovely topic, <laughs> let's move on to something more fun where this phone call between Frank and Margaret was also such a, such a, Hard hitter for me in the comedy section. This is insane.
1: Yeah. Now that we're like fully talking about it, this episode is kind of packed to the gills with <laughs> with just like bits on bits on bits. Cause this phone call was kind of insane. The split screen? Like we were saying earlier with uh, all the other stuff that's kind of experimental for this episode, I was like, Whoa, split screen. I didn't know they had mm-hmm. the technology to do this back then. Um <laughs> But it was it was really fun to watch Margaret and Frank have this like very high school kind of conversation. They even call it out as high school, which I thought was very like cute in a weird way. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think of this?
0: So, I mean, uh, as anyone would guess, you know, you you don't love hearing Frank say, yeah, if you're with anybody else, I'm going to go crazy and kill you and myself. That was a bit I off-putting. forgot about that.
1: <laughs> it's been, that it's like- been a few hours since I watched it. Forgot about that. <laughs>
0: having frank say like this is not me shitting on the show or anything like that but having frank say i'm gonna kill you and myself and margaret saying wow that's great it's like such male writer energy <laughs> <laughs> I, very male writer energy <laughs> i don't <But> disagree <laughs> it was funny it was definitely like a funny conversation and to go back to your original point I loved this because it was such a relic of the past. Like, I don't know if high schoolers do the whole like, no, you hang up first, you hang up first mm-hmm. thing because, with like FaceTime or whatever. Who but, calls
1: people anymore? <laughs>
0: right, right. So it was just like, it was this really cute, like dated, but still just adorable thing of like having a landline and being like, no, you hang up first. No, we'll hang up on like the same <laughs> thing. It was just cute.
1: And they're both, like, in their late 30s, early 40s. <laughs> it was cute. And the thing that I will say about um the I'll kill you and then myself line <laughs> is that Margaret responds to that by saying, Oh, Frank, knowing that you want to kill me really makes me feel alive. Like... <laughs> utterly insane again so many <laughs> red flags with this man and this woman is just wearing i guess rose-tinted glasses so they all look like flags
0: <laughs> she's just wearing like yeah no I-, I was trying to make a like some kind of metaphor of her wearing glasses so that the red flags look like green flags but it just, it's just not coming out right she's like blind. well <laughs> But yeah, I think that the real like topper for this scene for me was when Hawkeye and Trapper, like Margaret and Frank are are counting to three, and then they're going to hang up together. And then Hawkeye and Trapper both say three at the end because they're listening in on the other line, which again, is such a relic of the past because like, there aren't landlines anymore. (laughs) Like they exist, but who uses a landline? and big so it was sibling just, energy it was just very funny and i knew it was gonna happen and it still got me it was just it was hysterical margaret
1: screaming get him frank was was quite <laughs> cute it's really good topper for the scene i agree
0: <laughs> and then frank falling into his own foxholes while he's chasing them it was just oh like God. it was like big sibling energy it was very funny mm-hmm.
1: Everything with the foxholes in this episode is really funny, and I like how it actually does tie into the plot. Like, It ends, the episode has this resolution because Frank falls into his own foxhole, (laughs) and then they literally drive a jeep over him so he can't get out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I loved that, too. And speaking of that, that's how we get to my favorite scene at the end with... Henry, Hawkeye, Radar, and Trapper all in Henry's office watching Frank's wedding video.
1: <laughs> and uh, they bring this video up earlier in the episode. They're like, oh, there's a secret video or secret uh, film under Frank's bed mm-hmm. that we're not allowed to touch. And obviously, so they trap him. So now they can touch the film. Um, <laughs> and they're like, oh, what's it going to be? And it's obviously not gonna be like a dirty movie because it's Frank, and then they play it, and it's his wedding film, <laughs> and I I love this so much. I like seeing Frank's wife. I don't know if the bit with her was that she was like unattractive, but I was like, that is pretty much what I pictured Frank's wife being, like just a woman <laughs> who's just kind of done with him immediately. <laughs>
0: The way that the poor woman looked so miserable and Frank had this, like, goofy, goofy smile on his face, and how everyone from her side of the family looked exactly the same with that, like, very just, like, done expression (laughs) was very funny.
1: (laughs) Really? This man? Okay. Sure.
0: (laughs) And I loved... So, I think the thing that I love about this so much is the, like... The comments from the Peanut Gallery Mm -hmm. (laughs) watching this. I would love to know if this was all ad libbed because it was so funny.
1: This had, I don't know if you're familiar with the show, but there's a show called Mystery Science Theater 3000 where the entire bit of the show is that they watch old movies, the entire, they play the entire movie and Mm -hmm. they have running commentary track about how bad it is and making like quips and jokes. (laughs) And it was this whole scene was so Mystery Science Theater 3000 to me. I was like, this is so ahead of its time. Yelling at the (laughs) screen becomes like an art form later on. Like Hawkeye is a pioneer of entertainment right now.
0: It was so good. It was just so good. When they were cutting the cake and Hawkeye said, watch the cake die of malpractice, was just like my favorite line. He's always
1: bad with (laughs) knives.
0: Klinger commenting on like, the dresses and the outfits and stuff was fantastic. And then (laughs) when Hawkeye and Trapper were narrating Frank's like discussion with his wife when she wouldn't let him drive, oh my God, I was just like a ball of laughter. I was like peeing myself. It was just so funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was really good. And I love, it's similar to the Henry home video that was played, I think in season two, that- anytime you see them in their real lives in america i just get so i don't know if the right word is nostalgic because i like i'm not nostalgic for this but i'm just like oh i like seeing them be like normal people with their mm-hmm. normal lives with like people that we don't know around them i mm-hmm. love seeing it like it was really sweet and obviously all the commentary like makes it funny and dry but just seeing frank like so happy, and his wife obviously not happy to have him was so real to me. I was like, "Yep, mm-hmm. that is how Frank's marriage would be." Like, they don't hate each other, but not a lot of love there. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I I kind of like I don't want to say I understand why he like is cheating on his wife, but it doesn't seem like a very love filled marriage between the two of them, unfortunately. And I love, I love Frank. Not to talk about Frank's hair again.
1: But I love Frank like kind of done up for his wedding. How he's got like a gel and he's like trying to look like a nice dapper gentleman and he looks like a (laughs) a little bit of a weirdo in like his tux, you know, it doesn't quite fit him right. It was so fun to see.
0: This was just a great scene. I love watching this scene. I watch it over and over and over again. Every time it comes on, I'm like, oh, this is the episode. Yes. And I get so Mm -hmm. excited.
1: I can see why. I I can definitely imagine going onto YouTube and just like watching this all the time when I get bored. (laughs) This is so fun. This is a real highlight. And now that we're Mm -hmm. talking about it, I do understand why this is like a a real Vanessa certified classic. Because now (laughs) I'm like, yeah, no, this has got the good stuff in it.
0: (laughs) This has got everything you want, I feel, from a MASH episode. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we should wrap up, though, with the final bit of this episode where things come to a head. There's a siren while they're watching this video, and it's very dramatic for about five seconds. And, you know, you hear a plane overhead, and you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And then radar looks out the window, and it just turns out that it's 5 o'clock Charlie. He was the big air ray that they had to evacuate the nurses for. It was just like this piece of information that turned out to just like be wrong.
1: And the thing is, right, first of all, this blew my mind. Having 5 o'clock Charlie come back in a separate episode in a different season, I was like, whoa. This is some deep lore connections that they're doing right now. (laughs) But literally like 30 seconds before they said it was 5 o'clock Charlie, I was like, huh, I wonder why they're making such a big deal out of an air raid. They literally got air raided every day at 5 o'clock for a while. And then lo and behold, (laughs) it was my man, Charles, on the dot.
0: (laughs) 5 p.m. Charles.
1: (laughs) it was great to see. I love how they concluded. I love any sort of reference to older episodes like this. It was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. It was really fun to to watch.
0: Yeah. We got a bunch of like lore in this episode or like continuity, backstory, whatever you want to call it. It, w- it was, mm-hmm. it was great. Like I, I really, I really loved the tie in with five o'clock Charlie. That was, that really just made it for me. And the fact that it wasn't even an air raid, he was literally dropping like propaganda, and it was just really funny like Harry Truman (laughs) has slept with your wife (laughs) yeah it was like
1: Hawkeye made a joke of it being like an IOU for an air raid attack which (laughs) is kind of what it was
0: literally like literally (laughs) kind of hit. yeah honestly like he got it but that's because you know papers are (laughs) easier I guess than missiles but you know eh.
1: (laughs) the paper boy can deliver a paper can he deliver a missile find out
0: (laughs) But of course, then we get back to like the scene after this is the nurses coming back and this like big reunited thing and Margaret also not letting Frank drive the Jeep back to the camp. And that was a very, that was a very fun throwback to the, to the wedding scene. That was, that was good.
1: That was a great way to tie it all together. I love Frank's just weird relationship with women, honestly fact that he cannot get in the driver's seat and he's like, but I'm the big man. So funny <laughs> and like explained so much about him. Yeah, you know, he yeah. wants to be in the driver's seat, but like he's not ever going to be in that driver's seat, is he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but hey, there's also nothing wrong with a woman who can drive. So we're, we're all good here.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's a really fun conclusion. I had a lot of fun with this episode. And as per usual, talking about it with you, Really made me appreciate this episode as a whole much mm-hmm. more.
0: Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed this episode more than you originally thought you were going to. Um, so, do you have uh, favorite lines from this episode?
1: I do. Um, oh, I've said a lot of these during recording, but one that I didn't say was when Frank was building the foxholes with like the enlisted men, he says like, ah, now that's a hole a man can throw himself into with pride <laughs> that is some peak Frank right there
0: that is a Frank burns ass <laughs> quote <laughs>
1: that is there's a real Bernie burn right there. <laughs>
0: so i have a couple um i won't say all of them but (laughs) i thought that this was just like a really weird line where radar told hawkeye and trapper you know hey we're expecting an air raid we're gonna evacuate the nurses and trapper says got any other news and hawkeye goes christmas canceled the pentagon's been enlarged lassie's been spayed (laughs) (laughs) this <laughs> such a strange line to me to add in there.
1: So many weird quips Hawkeye has. Let's be yeah. real.
0: And then my other one was um, when Frank and Margaret on the phone. And Frank said something about like, oh, the only way I'm getting through is by reading letters from my wife. And Margaret was... Margaret goes, really, Frank? Just letters, no packages? She hasn't knitted you a divorce? <laughs> <laughs> Love maybe, that one.
1: Maybe she knitted a divorce out of his hair. Let's, uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe his mother taught her the art of, like, gluing Frank's hair into flowers. <laughs> and then
1: she put that on a divorce form. <laughs> but... Do you have any trivia for
0: us? I do. You're going to love this one. So I have trivia on Luden Wainwright III as Calvin Spaulding, a.k.a. Guitar Guy.
1: Yeah, I knew. I was going to call him Cliff. I was going to try to call him by name in this episode because they do name him. But I, was they like, do. I have no idea what this man's name is. I'm just calling him Guitar Guy for the duration <laughs> of this recording.
0: Before we actually get into the trivia on him, wasn't it funny that scene when they're all in the officers club and he's just, like, upside down. And Frank's yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> and Hawkeye and Trevor like, he's going to stay upside down until the nurses come back.
1: <laughs> like some weird hunger strike, even yeah, though it's it was nobody's fault.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Wainwright was known for his song, Dead Skunk in the Middle of the Road, which okay when he made his appearances on mash um he recorded over 20 studio albums um his main genres being folk and blues and he is known for his comedic lyrics which kind of tracks for like what his character is doing in these episodes like i think that this is this is kind of like showcasing his personality like his like real songwriting it's interesting, though, that you brought up that he sounded like Bob Dylan because one of his uh, inspirations for singing and being a songwriter is Bob Dylan. And Wainwright had two of his albums receive Grammy nominations and one album won for Best Traditional Folk Album at the 2010 Grammy. So he is a 2010 Grammy 2010 Grammys? Winning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Whoa. wait, hang on, hang, hang on. I know. So- Wainwright also had several guest appearances in films like The Aviator, Big Fish, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, and he was a contributor on the soundtrack for the film Knocked Up and also had a small part in that film. As for TV, Wainwright appeared in Undeclared, Ally McBeal, and Parks and Recreation, as well as performing in the first season of SNL as the musical guest.
1: This man... Okay... I apologize for making fun of this man's musical prowess. Me too. (laughs) Like, I was not aware that this man is like a legend. I'm going to call him a legend. If he's in so many different things and has Grammys, I might have to look this man up on Spotify. I might have to listen (laughs) to his actual music.
0: Right? So yeah, when I was researching this, I felt so bad for saying that I hated his voice (laughs) in this episode that- the The first episode that he was in, because I'm like, well, clearly he's, like, accomplished, and I just... Yeah, so this should be a lesson to everybody. Don't shit on stuff that is just not your cup of tea, because you don't know who you're shitting on.
1: Exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love that he was in Undeclared. I love that show, and that's so, so Yeah, obscure. right?
0: So... Also, Wainwright is still alive today and he still performs. So he has like upcoming shows like in the in like Washington and Phoenix and stuff like that. So if anyone really loves the sound of Guitar Guy's voice, you could probably go see him somewhere sometime soon.
1: Vanessa, we have to. And I mean we (laughs) have to. If he's ever in the our area, we have to go to one of his concerts. And wear our mash T shirts there. <laughs> that is like a requirement for us now. That'll oh my be a god. Patreon bonus episode. We're viewing this concert.
0: <laughs> can you imagine? Now I like really want to do it, but I also want to like plug Guitar Guy. So I think we're gonna include a link to his website where, if you're interested, and you could you can buy yes. tickets to his shows.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Thank you for this information today, Vanessa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so after all of that, after all of this, (laughs) what is your martini rating for this episode?
1: I think, honestly, I'm just feeling real generous these past two weeks. (laughs) This has been a real good run of MASH. Apparently, we have a great one coming up. I'm unfamiliar. I'm going five out of five. No complaints. Even the weird stuff about Frank's hair. That's all part of the texture, baby. That's all what makes this episode
0: great. (laughs) (laughs) I was originally, like, objectively going to give this a 4 or a 4.5 out of 5, but, like, honestly... How could I complain about this episode? It's such a great episode. I mean, I know I did complain about the episode, and that's like par for the course for me, right? But uh-huh. I loved this episode so much. Like, it's definitely one that I think that I would recommend to people to watch for massive. So, yeah, got to go. Same, 5 out of 5.
1: For me, like a 5 out of 5 is not like a flawless masterpiece. It's just something where I'm like, they did what they wanted to do. Pretty well. And I think this episode is a great example of that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I'm going to start being like more subjective yeah, <laughs> in my boy. ratings for these episodes. So we're Join gonna get some me. higher rated episodes for me. Yeah. Join me in the liking
1: stuff cult. It's fun here. <laughs>
0: So, just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Virbalco for being our technical consultant, Melissa, my sister, for cover art, and of course, our listeners. Thank you so much. Our music, social media, and contacts for the show are linked in the description, as always. And join us next week for Season 3, Episode 11, Adam's Rib. Until then, spread propaganda about presidents sleeping with your wife. Goodbye, farewell, and amen.
1: Bye, everyone.